Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 224 of the All Dolphins podcast on this. Sorry, I'm going to do this on this Friday, February 16th, 16th, 2024. Are you confused? Doesn't yeah, I'm the computer confused. at the corner tell you what date it is? No, actually, I was trying to think in the corner of my mind, actually, and it's a pretty s- small place, so I had to, to narrow it down. Anyway. That's the guy who remembers scores from 10 years ago. And I don't remember what day, what day it is. See how that works? Um, so today we're going to be talking about defensive coordinator Anthony Weaver, who conducted his introductory press conference at the Baptist Health Training Complex on Thursday. Before that, we will also get some business out of the way. Uh, quick history lesson. We're up to 2024. Yep. Yeah, don't look at the media guy. They haven't played it yet. Unless Hold on. We got to do 2023, right? Because didn't we not do 2023? We did not do it because we were doing When Dolphin Podcasts Unite or Collide. And we will touch on that very quickly after we get done with this. We want to talk about 2023. What stood out to you? Injuries. Um, I know. Why am I, why am I even asking? Can <laughs> I answer my question? Sure, go for it. Offensive efficiency. Um, Jalen Ramsey coming back from what could have been a career end. I mean, season-ending injury. Um, at mid-season, tremendous rehab. Um, defense sewing it all together, getting really good, becoming the fourth best unit in the NFL before absolutely belly flopping, as the entire team did. Um, A tragic December collapse that was factored in by injuries. Um, uh, Obviously, Tua falling short of rising to the occasion in in four of his six opportunities to deliver fourth quarter excellence. Um, Not all on him, but clearly that's the new goalpost that we've got to kick a field goal through before they move the goalpost on us. Which oh yeah, you're gonna. Well, why? I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Listen, they hey, keep moving the goalpost. Where, where was the goalpost with Ryan Tannehill? I thought about this just earlier today. I was just like, somebody was saying, uh, you know, throwing some criticism at Tua because you know. That, that's all That's all you get on the social media now. And I'm thinking to myself, what were the standards for Ryan Tannehill? He got to the playoffs in year, what, seven? And he didn't even start. He was injured. Uh, the, the, it, you know, where, where were these standards? When he got a multi-year extension, I would think I was the one of the only people who wrote, like, why you were working for the team. You damn sure did not write. What, no, what, yeah. I was thinking, no, actually, I was telling my wife, what the hell are they doing? The Dolphins are not going anywhere with Ryan Tannehill, like quarterback. Yes. Right. I was literally probably the only person, maybe Dave Hyde did as well, where it was like, what are you doing? Why? But 
we know the nature of the NFL, which is you must coddle and protect your baby quarterback and let him let him know you love him and tell him that he's special. And no, you'll never have competition. Oh, no, you're the one for me. I love you so much. That's like what are you stroking? Is that a lemon or a tennis ball? It's a it's an apple. An oh, apple, an apple. Day. Granny Smith. Is that a Granny Smith? I you know what? It's funny you ask that question because I go and I just eat four apples. I just buy four different apples. And I know I like some better than others. I just can by the time I finish eating, I'm like, which one was that again? I just I'm colorblind, so it's it's kind of I know this is the this is the green one. So and I like the sour element of the green one, but there's one that I particularly like and I can't remember which one it is. But I always never look at the stickers. I always take the stickers off. And I shouldn't do that before I By eat. By the way, Omar, a little for this, because I just discovered we have something else in common. Which is? Because I'm colorblind as a bat, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, what, what what were we saying? So, okay, 2023. And, and see, my big thing was, and this is where, yes, I'm going to go with the injuries and the disappointment of what happened to the defense. Because hypocrite. remember, I had said like in November, maybe even late October, once Jalen Ramsey came in, but by the end of the season, it was going to be the defense that was going to carry this team. And they did. And they did for a bit. And then all of a sudden, and and even though they couldn't maintain the level of play that I thought they could reach and they had reached, I'm still going to maintain. They gave the team a chance against Buffalo in the finale and against Case in the playoffs. And then the offense did not hold up its end of the bargain, which was quite frankly, a tad of a concern because again, this was what happened the year before. This is the second year that it's happened, and second year injuries have been a factor at the end of the season. It, it's the reality of who they are. Um, I stand on this and continue to argue it, and will argue it to my death. Um, the offense does not – it's not a caliber opponent. It just does not work well on the road, especially if you're in the stadium. And I won't – I'll give you Cardinals is, is a different – Cardinals is an example is a perfect example. The car the Cardinals game, they don't have any home field advantage. So you don't have to worry about crowd noise. So you could do it there. And there were some you mean the Chargers they didn't play the Cardinals this year. I'm sorry, Chargers. Chargers. Damn. Why yeah. yeah. Right. So you don't have to worry if you didn't have to worry about crowd noise, then your cheap motions work. Your cheap motions require the offense, everybody to hear to a snap. Now if you yeah, go to a, go to a silent count don't work. The problem is, is they're going to keep playing road games. Uh, last yes. check. So if so, if your goal or your objective is to you start every year to we have to get the number one seed, otherwise we're going to go on the road and we're, we're basically effed. That's a problem. The maybe number two seed too. Number two seed works too. Well, until the AFC Championship game, yeah. but uh, to me, maybe it suggests I don't know do something different on offense. Anyway, quick other oh, thing. But, but you only had the number one offense in the NFL. Why would you do something we can, different? We can, we can keep saying that as as until we're blue in the face. It's a fact. But it's where a the, fact. the number one offense was not the number one offense, even remotely close. Whenever they played a good team. Okay, that's a fact as well. But okay, you still have the number one offense. St- statistically, by yards, that's only that's the only way you can say it. Otherwise, no, you didn't have the best offense in the NFL. You had statistically the number one ranked offense in the NFL. You did not have the best offense in the NFL. If you can't, if you can't have one really good game offensively against a, a, a playoff opponent, you can't say you had the best offense. 
Uh, quick other thing I want to do on number 24 before we move on. Move on to a game against the Dallas Cowboys. No, they didn't. They 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 kicked five field goals. Okay, fine. All right. Uh, okay, 24. Also, we're not. I don't think we're going to attack the jersey number thing all over again. But it, we should point out, and I point out because it's topical. Uh, Byron Jones wore 24, and he's topical because. As I'm, I was, as I would think, you're aware since you you're Mr. Capologist and you look at those things that he carries a ten million dollar dead cap space charge. In tw- you can shake your head; it's still ten million that you don't have other, that you otherwise would have. Okay, shake your head. So anyway, I'm going to mention it, even though Omar's going to. Dead cap say, doesn't get paid to anybody. It doesn't. It's less cap space that you have to sign players. And you, you're going to have you're going to have dead cap all the time because you write bad contracts all the time. I understand that, but so I'm going to guess. My Lord, could you not accept my point without fighting it? Look around the league. Find me a player right now that's going to have a bigger dead cap space, a charge than Byron Jones. I'm not going to do it now. But okay. I think Kirk Cousins is going to be a ridiculous dead cap charge on Minnesota. Before this contract, he becomes a free agent. There is no. I don't think there is a cap charge. I could be wrong, but I don't think there is a cap charge. Contract um, before before they have to give him a guarantee. Anyway, the, so that the, the voiding of the contract is when you put dummy years on the end of the contract. And I'll give you a perfect example. Austin Jackson is the only player that I know of on this roster that has dummy charges on the end, dummy years on the end of his contract. It's a very irresponsible practice, but it's a, it it buys you time. It's it's there are different ways to do contracts. I've never been in support of the dummy years, and but. It's a zillion ways to skin the cat. And the question is, the bad business, this is what 2024 is about. 2024 is about the apocalypse and how your bad business practices over the last two years is going to force daddy to order another credit card that you're going to have to use for your, your living and your expenses. And then we'll see if we do it again. Now, the worst and I've always said this. I used to make fun of the New Orleans Saints for living off Hudak coins because they're ridiculously over the cap every single season. And then they magically find a way to make it happen. They're the only team that has a higher cap, higher dead cap than the Miami Dolphins. They're at $83.6 million in debt in, in um in, in um cap deficit. So it's what what are they in dead money? Uh, the Dolphins are ten million in dead money. That's not yeah, even. Saw Byron jo- and they have some somebody else who counts for like six hundred thousand or something. But I'm t- I'm talking about for one spe- specific player. Anyway, and so that Brian Jones were twenty four. This is episode two twenty four. So I thought it was topical. Like nine teams have more dead cap money than the Dolphins, and the Chargers have twenty four million dollars. I am talking money. about one specific player. Who cares? He moved. Uh, you obviously don't care, so we'll move on. Just. Omar, you're a hater, Omar. You're a hater. Uh, speaking of, speaking of haters, it's pretty just very very quickly address. Uh, Great uh, transition. How about that, right? Uh, yeah, I, I deserve I deserve this for the transition. Okay, yes, our last episode of When Dolphin Podcasts Unite or Collide, which has gotten quite the reaction based on the comments, very polarizing. It's one end of the spectrum or the other. Listen, gang. I'm, I'm going to say my piece very quickly, and then Omar can say his piece very quickly, and then we'll move on. The idea of the Dolphins, when Dolphin Podcasts Unite, was to bring different points of view at a time of the season of the year when they're not 
a ton of topics, new topics every single solitary day. So we thought it would be a good idea to just bring an end. If some of those viewpoints don't mesh with yours, guess what? Some of our viewpoints don't mesh with yours. That's part of the, the whole thing. So, go ahead, Omar. And, and, and I think it's about um, highlighting and spotlighting some of the other podcasts. And we are a unique podcast, in my opinion, or as we are told, because we are two journalists covering the team that are doing a podcast and a daily podcast. Everybody that we've added in from the podcast space so far does things a little differently and does things uniquely. Now, we added last week TD, TD Every Team Talk um, because the people demanded it. Um, I put up a poll and said, do you want us to have this podcast? The poll said yes. I committed to it. If the people want it, we're going to give it. And then we we debated for a while who would be the perfect complement for TD. And people we asked people to submit it. People wanted Barry to be with TD. They've done podcasts together. So it led to an interesting conversation, um, one that was filled with conspiracy theories and um, people, in my opinion, talking out of their depth. And my the lesson I've learned from that or the lesson that I take from that is that um, everybody does things a little bit differently. We do things and we're governed by journalistic integrity and rules. And I love conspiracy theories. I love a good conspiracy theory. Give, give, like, give me a good conspiracy theory. The, the Dolphins holding Tua out concussion-wise as a conspiracy like, come on, man. That is just the highest level of fiction that I've ever heard in my life. And, you know, the, 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 oh, you know, trust me, it takes a great deal of depth to understand NFL business and NFL cap. It is to the point where my, huh? Speechless. What is that? Speechless. You're struggling to find the right words here. I, I'm struggling to be polite. Um, be polite. Be polite. We're always. Yeah, I'm struggling to be polite. My peers in the league come to me when they need to understand a a cap issue, and there are things that I don't have great grasp on, and then I make the call to people who do cap for NFL teams. So and people who do contracts for NFL teams, these these are people who are writing these contracts that the Dolphins sign. So, whew, trust me, the average Joe, you have no idea what you're talking about from a cap standpoint. So, let's make sure that everybody stays in their lane. Um, and I think yeah. that that that's. There are, there are lanes to this, and uh, uh, and hopefully we, um, we're going to have on Chris Perkins from Dolphins Deep Dive with the Sun Sentinel and Adam Beasley, who does a Pro Football Network podcast on the next When Podcasts Unite, um, episode number four next week. And I think then you'll see what, 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 what? Going to be four or five? How many have we done? Five. We've, it'll be episode five. We've done four okay. so far. And then you'll see how real journal journalists 
discuss and handle and debate some of these issues and topics. You see us do it all the time, but you'll see it in that when Dolphins Unite podcast space. And I'm not me and Chris Perk, we, we fight all the time. You 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 see it. We fight all the time. And but there's a way to fight and, and throw information into the equation. And you see us do it on this podcast. Poopard in, indoctrinates me and throws stats at me all the time. And then I throw stats at him and not very effectively, but it's but it happens. Well, I can tell you right now, Beasley and I are going to throw down about this this idea of of, of uh, analytics suggesting you're slightly better off taking the ball first in overtime of a playoff game, which to me is absolute silliness, craziness beyond belief. And I don't care what analytics say. Um, but anyway, that's a different topic. So let's move on to the topic of the day, which was Anthony Weaver. I'm going to start with my very brief comment. And Omar, you can Hold take on. We've got coverage on Anthony Weaver. We've got oh, yes, we my story, um, which basically is Anthony Weaver saying to Jalen Ramsey, hey, Jalen, you won't be bored during the game. I'm going to have you doing a lot of things, brother. Um, you know, I want to make sure you're happy. Thank you. All right. Appreciate you. And then Poupard gave his five takeaways from Anthony Weaver. You can find it all on alldolphins.com. All the coverage is free. Anthony Weaver also went over his new coaching staff where basically two guys are retained on defense and yep. new look defense. Yep. Uh, so immediately my, my, my very, very quick, very obvious takeaway is this is not Vic Fangio the Dolphins hired. <laughs> Why so? How's that? See, this is the kind of real hit, hard-hitting journalism you get. I mean, so different than, than a lot of the ways and the way he came across. Vic Fangio is like no nonsense. Um, grumpy. Grumpy. Anthony Weaver, very pleasant demeanor. Uh, very articulate. I hate when people say that about black people, but, you know, it's it's just the reality. No, I mean, he, very, very, again, very friendly demeanor, his smile on his face, like throughout the, throughout his introductory press conference. Um, quick thing, though, what, here's the thing. When he says what he, what he said about Jalen Ramsey, I think all of us were like, yeah, uh, <laughs> let's, see, let's see game one if that actually happens. And if they use him more the way the Rams used him, where he was kind of a jack of all trades in the secondary as opposed to last year, dude, you're going to play your outside cornerback spot on the right side over there. And that's where you're going to stay. I, I, you know, and this is, this is one of the things that I was often sent to battle with Vic Fangio about on the player's behalf. And it just always would go nowhere. And this is me for for Vic. Sorry. My last time. Yeah. Yeah. And you just got to the point where you're just like, okay, this old dude's just stubborn and he's not going to change and he's not going to do anything differently. And and I, he got to the point where I think the team and the players and the coaches acknowledged it, understood it, and they just made the best of it. Um, and it was a good defense. It was, it was arguably probably the best defense since, what, Dave Wanstead years? It was first time in the top 10, I think, since 2010 maybe. I mean, it's yeah. 14 years. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Not Wanstead years. That would be Tony Sperano, correct? 2010 was Tony Sperano, correct? Yeah. It was um, Paul Soliai, Jared Odrick. So he did, He. I mean, he did his job. He just did it very grumpily and <laughs> very. Uh, so, but getting back to Anthony Weaver, 
let's talk about some of the things we we already addressed that Jalen Ramsey is going to be used in a very unique way and you it, not unique to him um but he's going to be moved around he's going to shadow he's going to play star he's going to do different things basically that are that are catered to the game plan um Anthony Weaver also talked about running a hybrid defense and the lessons he learned from his disastrous Houston tenures Houston Texans career as defensive coordinator which was uh, the number one lesson he learned was don't become a defensive coordinator during COVID, uh, during a national pandemic. Which is what Fangio had said about the lessons he learned about being a head coach with the Broncos. Yes. Um, I would say, and he learned that in those situations, your defense needs to be multiple. It needs to be able to evolve. And while the Dolphins ran a hybrid defense last year, they really weren't. And they never evolved. Um, so I have a hard time sitting there and taking that on face value. Cause everybody says, Oh, we want to be multiple, but how many teams really do multiple? Correct. Um, I think when he says multiple, a lot of times you, you want, you know, perfect example, the Patriots back in the Tom, back in the Tom Brady years, they were truly multiple. Mm-hmm. You didn't know whether they're going to be three, four, four, three, depending, depending on the yeah. game plan. And they really made it happen. I think um, Brian Flores kind of tried to be multiple, but then he really wasn't multiple. Um, they never were four three fronts. That that just wasn't their thing. That that wasn't their approach. Their approach was to see these exotic. See, and this is where you and I going to get. We're going to get into this again. Is a lot of times when they lined up and they had Emmanuel Ogba at the uh, on the end. That was a three. There's a four three. And I would say he was a three-four end, and and we, you know, we'd go back and forth. They had four guys on the line at times, and Agba. We had eight the- guys on the line at times. Well, it, 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 you know, it's all about what your what your flavor is on how you want to attack. And, and it's funny something Anthony Weaver said really stuck out, struck out, stood out to me. Um, which was when he taught, we we asked him about his blitzing philosophies and mentalities and thought processes. And you quote him, quote him, quote him exactly what he said because I don't remember the words verbatim. I know you do. Damn, you don't you have remember. To be calculated, the not reckless. Calculated, not reckless. And he's d- been under coaches who've done it both ways. Um, I yeah, assume. I mean, what is it? Is it reckless when it doesn't work, and it's calculated when it works? Is that is that how it goes? I mean. <laughs> I know what style you prefer. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm a blitzing fool. I mean, I, I, I'm a blitzing queen. I'll save you the trouble. Go ahead. I'm a blitzing <laughs> How's that? Listen, uh, and I'm not saying that I don't like the Brian Flores approach. I think that there's some value and merit to it. There is, there is a need for a combination of a lot of things. And I, I even felt like Vic Fangio's defense would be a little bit better than it was last season if he incorporated more of the Brian Flores blitzing. I, there, you know, there's a number of ways to skin a cat, and and I'm not going to argue that the marriage needed to be made in terms of what they did under um, Mike McDaniel in the first year and what they did in the second year. Like if you marry those two concepts and mentalities and approaches, even though your personnel is a little bit different now moving forward, I think you'd have the perfect blend of what you need to win in the NFL. I would personally like to see less zone coverage. I'm not a big zone fan, but then again, I'm, I know who I am, but then 
you know, he talked about Weaver talked about it, and it was so true. When you play that Brian Flores style, you're leaving your secondary out there naked. Now, this, is where, that, to, this is where you have to high, have to have a high level of trust in your DBs, which not, which not high level of trust, high caliber quality DBs, which which then produces a high level of trust, which is what Flores had when he had Byron Jones the first two years he was here, NX, Prime X. Yes. Um, and my concern is you're not going to be able to blitz when you've got Jalen Ramsey and who um, in your secondary and then Javon Holland and who as your backline defenders at, 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 in, in your safety spot. I mean, if you really take a deep dive, just a very thorough look at who your secondary is right now, there's Jalen Ramsey, who's going to be shaking down the team for a contract extension. Um, Cater Kohu. Javon Holland, Cam Smith, and what's our homeboy, uh, White Lightning, uh, Ethan Bonner. That's it. That's that's it. That's your secondary. Well, those There's, are the guys who are under contract. I mean, they have yeah. like three agents they could resign. So like, and the whole team, the whole unit needs to be rebuilt from starters to, you know, and like if you're riding into this season with Cater Kohu as your starting boundary guy, you're asking for trouble based on his performance last season. I think opposing quarterbacks completed like 80, 80, what was it? 80 something percent of their passes when throwing at him. Like you can't survive that. Um, Cater Kohu had 80, 89.1% of his passes thrown at him were completed. That's that nearly, Is that huh? Is that bad? That's nearly 90%. 89 trillion. 89.1. <laughs> I think you know damn well that kid who's not starting the season as an outside cornerback on this team. I think we know that. I mean, they'll be the leading candidate, though. No, they'll resign, they'll resign Eli Apple or give Cam Smith a shot before they do that. Come on. Because Cater, those stats you gave you gave right now are Cater played mostly slot in 2023. Uh, and that's I mean, earlier in the season when Jalen Ramsey was out, Cater played boundary. Correct, correct. But then he moved to, to slot, which I think all of us can agree based on what our observation, forget what stats say, our boys, our eyeballs tell us he's better in the slot than he is outside. Absolutely. Just, no, I, it'll be interesting to see how they move, how they act and conduct themselves moving forward. But everybody, everybody knows that this is, the whole defense, and this is the thing people don't realize. Oh, this is one of the things that really stood out to me about Anthony Weaver's press conference. And I alluded to it on Twitter, but never addressed it. When he started naming off players, as they often do, he excluded all free agents except for Christian Wilkins, who I think he added him on to the pile later on because he realizes we're probably going to tag him to retain him. And so no other free agent was, was mentioned. And then no purge guy, no possible purge guy was mentioned. Xavier Howard, Jerome Baker, Emmanuel Ogba, Keon Cross, and those are all clear purge guys. Well, yeah, but no, no offense. I mean, all due respect, why would he mention Keon Cross? And the dude didn't play last year, number one. And number two, he's more of a special teams guy. Come on, let's. I mean, but the but other guys, the other guys, you're absolutely right. And this is where I'm going to play. I just, I just want to lump in all the guys who are. Oh, got it. Okay. Part. I'm going to okay. play conspiracy theory. And this is a very well educated conspiracy theory. Chances are he probably was instructed to avoid certain people by name. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, but you could have mentioned Jerome Baker. You go out your way to mention David Long, but don't mention Jerome Baker. Mm. Think about it. Did he mention? Oh, he didn't mention David Long. And Jerome Baker is under contract. Think about yes, it. Yes, yes, he is. So trust me, these exclusions were not accidental. No. Okay. No, we can pretty safely say that. Uh, I mean, he, if he wasn't dropping hands. Uh, but here's the here's the thing, though. I still think, to me, the more likely scenario is the Dolphins, in, rather than out and out cut Jerome Baker, restructure, shake him down. Exactly. Yeah. And but in the event that the conversation turns sour, then option B is thank you for your services. Yeah, and we're entering that period of time. Um, I think when 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 teams go to the NFL Combine, and for those who don't know, if you haven't followed me for years or if I'm new to this format, um, uh, new to your life, um, let me inform you the NFL Combine is not about the draft prospects. That's just the window dressing and the TV product that they put out there for you folks so that they can distract you because the NFL Combine is literally about free agency and negotiating and tampering period. Yes, sir. And no, but the one thing from this prospect standpoint is they get every, all, all of them there together one time for medicals. Yes. Their medicals and their interviews are the starting point and information gathering for these are their baseline athleticism and metrics. That's what the draft, it's like 30% about the draft and 70% about business, which includes, negotiating with free agents, creating a framework for what the market is going to do. Um, They'll get into some contract proposal hypotheticals. So you'll know who's potentially interested, who, what team is looking for what, what do you have? They sit down with every single agent. Every agent has an agent's meeting at the combine. And then those agents have individual meetings with 32 teams. So give you an example, the, the, Drew Rosenhaus of the world, who probably will have, I'm going to guess, 50 free agents. He will provide the Dolphins his their shopping list and say, here, this is what I have. What would you be interested in? And then we'll discuss what the price, potential price and framework that we're looking for. Also, we'll be discussing which players teams want to trade. So, And the GMs will have conversations about players that they might want to trade. For instance... If an Aaron Donald feels like his time has run its its course with the Rams, just like Jalen Ramsey, if you think Jalen Ramsey deal just magically happened and popped up, no, that probably got started in at the combine when his agency was shopping. And as you keep mentioning, you keep bringing up Aaron Donald. I mean, every couple of days, as somebody like it's almost like you're predicting, you're you're like making it happen. That the Dolphins are going to trade for him. I'm and- just, I, I'm just, I'm just putting it out there in the universe. I'm not saying that they are. Um, I know we've 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 done some Aaron Donald work with I am athlete, and I know how things happen. So, okay. Uh, one thing I want to point out is you're talking about like agents and players being cut and shut down. It's already started happening around the NFL. Like the Bears released. Uh, Eddie Jackson, the safety, and they released really Cody, White, Cody Whitehair, an offensive lineman. The Steelers released three players uh, earlier this week: Mitch Trubisky, their punter, and then they released an offensive lineman. Guys, guys, you're not going to be here. For example, to me, it could be like any day that the Dolphins are going to announce that they've released Emmanuel Ogba. Because again, there is no scenario 
where it logically makes sense for him to be back with the team with his cap number, the fact that none of his salary is guaranteed. And it's almost like you could make the argument you're doing him a favor by cutting him now because he's a vested veteran, which means he, he doesn't have to wait till March 13th. He can. Yeah. But teams aren't shopping for things right now, but, but I hear what you're saying. Um, Not necessarily, but if, in the in if a team has some sort of interest in him, they could get an early start on talking to him because he's not bound by the March 13th, which is for guys whose contracts have expired and became UFAs. Um, let me say this, and I be, I believe, or based on my information, the Ravens were a major bidder for Emmanuel Abba when he signed his mega deal with the Dolphins. I believe it was three seasons ago. Um, sign so an extension. No, he signed as a free agent, so yes. No, no, he signed as a free agent in 2020. Then he was about to become a free agent, and on the day of free agency, he re-upped with the Dolphins for three years. Mm -hmm. That was last offseason. Mm -hmm. So, yes, three years ago. So it's possible Anthony Weaver could have him. No, what? It wasn't three years ago. Stop saying that. Go. It initially signed as a free agent in 2020. His contract ran out. He was scheduled to be, another, to be a free agent again. Last offseason, the Dolphins extended him. Mm-mm. He Go ahead. Keep, keep, going, keep going. I'll look it up while you. 2020, he did a two-year deal, two years for $15 million. Okay, then it was 2022. It was two years ago. Hold on. Let me check. Let me check. To, to, yeah. Oh, boy. Anyway, it's it's a technicality. Um, So if you want to run a hybrid defense, you're going to need a 4-3 edge setter. And truthfully speaking, Jalen Phillips and, and Bradley Chubb are 4-3 edge setters. They just play be versatile in both schemes. What what you got? What you got? We're actually it was we were both wrong. It was in between because you said three years ago. I said last year. They the, the new contract was in 2022, and he yeah. signed, signed a four year deal with the first two years of, of a lot. The, 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 right, four year deal with first two years guaranteed. Okay, right. 20, right. 2022, 2023. Okay, the contract's up. Um, but guaranteed money's up. Contract's not up. He's got two yeah, years. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Contracts up on guaranteed money. Uh, okay, fine. Yeah. It, 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 like, unless the deal heavily favors a team, contracts up with guaranteed money. Correct. If it's a stud player, the contract's not up. Okay. Unless, or, it, oh, sorry. Let me I, let me rephrase that, not to be disrespectful to anybody. Unless it's a major contributor to the team. Mm, Jerome, Jerome Baker's a major contributor to the team. Guaranteed money's up. Contracts up. So it has to heavily favor the team. If it doesn't heavily favor the team, and <laughs> And a lot of times the player forces the team's hand to restructure the contract when the guaranteed money's up because their mindset is guaranteed money's up. I'm not going into my final year of the deal without any secure financial secure, future security. Correct. So, but this is just the business of the NFL. Um, we digress. We were talking about Anthony Weaver. Here's let, my, let me go back to one thing about Anthony Weaver. The thing is, the last two years in Baltimore, they played under Wick Martindale as their DC in 2022, and then Mike McDonald in 2023, and they went from blitz crazy, and and then a lot more reasonable or or what's the word calculated, if you want to say, in 2023. And before that, also Anthony Weaver played and coached under Rex Ryan, also it was like a guy who liked who liked the blitz. So where does he fit in that? He wasn't in a decision-making process, but he, he kind of was like he was an assistant head coach. Where does he fit in that? Does he go in between what Martindale and McDonald did? Does he go to, more toward McDonald or Martindale? Again, he, when he says he's multiple, um, 
that may change once the game starts and you become maybe more singular. Um, I think that this is his identity. This is his opportunity to create an identity for what kind of defense he's going to run. Obviously, he's played in many, many defenses. Primarily, if you play for Rex Ryan and you coach in the Rex Ryan, your DNA is blitzing. So it'll be interesting to see. But but you coach to the talent that you have on your roster. And at this point, it's a blank slate because there is no talent on the defensive side of the ball, at least none that's going to be playing in August. I mean, in August and September. Uh, let's let's also address the fact that not only did he coach with Mike McDaniel when he was with the Cleveland Browns, he also played on a team where Mike McDaniel was a coach when he was a member of the Houston Texans. He has a very high opinion of Mike McDaniel's, um, points out that when he was on other coaching staffs, he tried to get people to hire Mike McDaniel just because he knew he was such a great offensive mind. Um, and And... And they are philosophically aligned in terms of believing that you get the best out of players when you are player friendly is kind of maybe the inappropriate way for me to put it. Do you disagree? Yeah, no, I don't disagree. Um, It's a different era. And I, and I I asked him about that. It's a different era of players now. It, and, it is. And he, brought, he was the one who voluntarily brought up NIL. No, no, I, I know, but here's again, I'm old school. Mm-hmm. To me, players should not have to like their coaches. Players should have to respect their coaches, and it starts with the knowledge that they're that, and and the confidence that their coaches, regardless of what they think of them, are going to make them better. And I think those Dolphin players, who would vouch for Brian Flores, mostly defensive guys would probably fall into that camp. I don't know that many defensive players would be like this with Brian Flores, but they respected the hell out of him because he knew what he was doing on defense. Yeah, and so did he knew he was going to make him better. So did Vic Fangio, and they didn't respect the hell out of Vic Fangio. Again, did they um, did they respect him when they were they were fourth in the NFL in total defense? Yeah, but they felt like a lot of times they felt like we were fourth in the NFL despite him. And sure, the, no, 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 no. There, I'm, I'm not saying. I'm saying that's my position. I'm saying sure had nothing to do with Fangio. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they didn't like the style that they were playing, and they played it. What? What's how you say, Omar? Tough titty says a kitty. It, 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 I, I, I don't disagree with you, but if you think that you can play better in a different style, and this is where we come into the conflict of this different era and generation of players, where. This is not the era and generation of players where they don't have any say in what's happening, what's going on, what they're playing, how they're playing, what role they play. Mm-mm. Those days are long gone, brother. That 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 train has left the station years ago to the point where now I'm getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to play college football. So I'm going to play for where I'm a free agent every damn year. And if I don't like the way you're talking to me or treating me, I'm just going to go take my skills and talents elsewhere. Yeah, but that, dude, that's college football. That's got nothing to do with the NFL. But you don't think that mentality, that personality, that, that entitled demeanor has not filtered to the NFL? Absolutely. But once you get to the NFL, unless you're – and if you're a star, you have that kind of juice. Where you and, kind you're, of, and if you're a star, you can still force your way out of a team. They sure. do it all the time. Sure. So – and coaches know – 
that they must keep players happy. And trust me, there was a message that was being sent to Jalen Ramsey to keep Jalen Ramsey happy because Jalen Ramsey is part of the apocalypse and needs to be willingly restructure his contract. So Jalen, we're going to keep you happy, sir. Please, please, please. You, you, please, please. Actually, you actually think they're not going to make it worth his while to restructure his contract and it's not going to be Jalen taking one for the team. It's going to be, okay, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll scratch your back, but come on over here. Let's go. Come on, scratch. Listen, it, it, it but it, it, that's, that's, I'm sorry. That's my point. Yeah, that's my point. It has to be mutually beneficial. This is not no longer the NFL where we're going to tell you what to do, how you do it, and, and you're going to like it. Like, I'm sorry. Jalen got juice. Tyree got juice. And where I disagree Ron is got juice. Where, it, where I disagree is when it comes to the scheme and, and the particular game no. plan for a week. Mm-mm. Sorry, the players. Over. I. Okay, Your but... old curmudgeonous ways are done. You will not be lording. <laughs> you will not be lording over them anymore. Not if they got power and influence and and wrong. What, and, dude? If ideally you can make it work where it's collaborative with the players and everybody is singing kumbaya while you're preparing the game plan, that's awesome. That's beautiful. I mean, I mean a lot of this. Yeah. But ultimately, players get. Play to pay. Oops, I get paid to play. Coaches get paid to coach. And okay. if there's any sort of disagreement, I think I think this way is better. Well, no, no, no. I think that way better. Well, guess what? To me, you should defer to the coach. Sorry. I don't and, agree with you. Okay. But then, but then, when things don't work out, and I asked you to do, if we could do this, and it mm-hmm. didn't work out the way that you want to do, and you don't want to go to this to to what I recommend. Um, there will be prices to pay, which is why Vic Fangio isn't here. No, Vic Fangio isn't here because he wanted to go to Philly. I'm, I'm speak, can we be honest about this? No, but he's also not here because the players complained about him and didn't want him back. But he wanted to go to Philly. He wanted to go to Philly last year, if we're going to be honest about it. Come okay, on. Yeah. Come on. Okay. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, okay. you're, you're right. Final thoughts on Anthony Weaver. Hey, here's my, my final thought on Anthony Weaver. There's this expression or this thought of like coaches winning the press conference, like, and then you get you get out of the press conference, like, oh, man, this guy's good. Um, there was it wasn't to that extent with, with Anthony Weaver. He was very impressive, um, but it wasn't again one one a press conference where you come out of it and go like like Dan Campbell's the kind of guy who's going to win a press conference just because he's just. I mean, you want to go play football, you get, you get done listening to him. Um, Yes, Anthony Weaver is more subdued. Um, we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. He's got. I mean, everybody speaks the world of him. Uh, he's certainly learned from some good influences because as, as I know, you, I know you, you're like this with the Ravens organization. And spoiler, yeah, full disclosure. So am I. I mean, there's a reason they're always in the hunt. So yeah, I think there's really re- reason to be optimistic about what kind of job he's going to do. There's a lot more reason for concern about what the personnel is going to look like. Uh, I'm concerned about it all. Um, <laughs> I am. Nervous Nelly Kelly. It's nervous Nelly Kelly. I liked his, he could present in front of man. I liked the pedigree as a former player. He, he talked about 
not just relating to the guy at the top of the roster, but the bottom of the roster, because he was a bottom of the roster guy. Um, he was a guy that made his bones on special teams. So um, you're, you're like, what, what, what are you looking it up now? Sure. Why not? He's this a guy. Is where, this is where we are. We are journalists. So I'm going to look it up just to, to. Yes. Cause he, he was a former second round pick. And I remember him at, at Notre Dame. He was a very good player. Yeah, I mean, doesn't necessarily he you are you really really gonna say he was a very good player at Notre Dame? He was. Oh, 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 at Notre Dame, he was a very good player. I don't remember. He started 98 of the 103 games he played, so that's a pretty extensive, but I'm talking 15.5 sacks his career. He was more of a run stuffer, okay, sure. That's what we tell each other. That's what we tell ourselves when you don't have sex. All right. Um, he, yeah, he, he's, he's okay. He's all right. You like that, you like that one? <laughs> That's what we tell ourselves when. when yeah. Yeah. Yes. But, dude, that's a good solid NFL career. Played yeah, he, started, he, started, he started a ton of games. Yeah. So I mean, he was a he was a role player. I mean, he started a ton of games for two organizations. That's that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I liked his I liked his ability to communicate. Um, I liked his vision for the defense in terms of it being hybrid. I like his experience as a former coach. And then, you know, I think you have to move to the player friendly era. I'm sorry, it's here. It's it's here. And if you don't know how to adapt to it, you'll be left out in the cold like Bill Belichick. Okay. <laughs> Again, it doesn't have to be. Do I have your permission to run this play right now? To, to put, put this play into the playbook this week, Jalen? Would you would you would you like to shadow? Would you like to shadow? Would Would you like to st- play the star position, Jalen? How would you like to play this game? Exactly. Um, it does need to be that. <laughs> I don't. I don't no, but I know I don't see any harm of like. Jalen, as I am preparing the game plan, what are your thoughts on here? I have no, I have no issue with that. Again, big fan, not- you didn't want your thoughts. <laughs> Shut your mouth and play as defense. They were fourth on defense heading into the Baltimore game, and certainly you can make an argument that there was a lot of high end players. You, you and I have already had that that argument, but they had an awful lot of high end players last year on that defense. So, how much of it was Fangio's scheme? How much of it was the players? Who could have made any scheme work? Obviously, who knows? That's up for debate. So, anyway, Omar, wrap this up. On that note, we've got a column coming from me about um, Anthony Weaver and his need to be player friendly because this is the era that you're in. Um, Poupard has got 16,000 stories up. Um, I just saw one about the rankings. What 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 do we post the post Super Bowl fifty eight power power rankings roundup? You don't even know who's on this team. Like, why are we ranking people ranking teams anyway? Um, poo poo the story, dude. We want people to read it. I'm just yeah. saying, like, no, no, and you make you make a valid argument. You what you do like know one defensive know, lineman on this team. You know what the core is going to look like. Do I? I don't know what the core of the Dolphins is going to look like. Well, you know, know they're going to have Tyreek Hill, Jalen Ramsey, and Jalen Waddle, and Jalen Phillips when he's back, and Bradley Chubb when he's back, and David Long Jr., and Zach Sealer. 
No Tua? And Tua, sorry. <laughs> Raheem, Raheem Mostert? Raheem Mostert. Dude, no I want to see there's more. There you go. Mike Gesicki, they're going to bring him back as a free agent from New England. Yeah, I see that all the time. Yes. I see that working out. Played played very well. Yeah, here. <laughs> Found tremendous role for him. Because, but everybody needs a pass-catching tight end because, you know, that's what's missing from the offense. Not like Tua didn't have one the first three years of his career and pretty much not use him. Um, all righty, folks. We appreciate your time. You know how to find our work, alldolphins.com. You know where to find us from audio standpoint. Um, subscribe, rate us, like us, um, help our numbers, and like the like the episode. Press the like button. That's important on a daily basis because it helps our algorithm, and we appreciate you for helping us. Um, on that note, we are out. Visit alldolphins.com for the latest news, analysis, and columns, and it's all free. You can find Omar Kelly and Alan Poupard on the All Dolphins podcast discussing South Florida's NFL team on YouTube and anywhere you find your audio podcasts. Make sure you subscribe, like, and share so you stay in the know. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.